Welcome to the Wimlex podcast, episode number 17. Today, today our guest is uh, Jess Fleischer uh, from uh, Son of Taylor in Denmark. Uh, he's producing and selling um, tailor-made shirts, uh, even tailor-made t-shirts, as I have learned. Yeah. And today we're going to discuss uh, how this works and how this uh, fantastic uh, uh, loyalty uh, customers must look like when they first started to order their t-shirts. So welcome, Jess. Thank you very much. It's uh, really a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah. And with me together today, uh, as always, is uh, Willem, uh, uh, live from, uh, from, from Amsterdam. <laughs> and we're going to start like with the first question as always. So maybe you can introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about your story and uh, the company itself. So we all have the same picture in mind. Right. So my name is uh, Jess Fleischer. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Son of a Tailor. Started the company four or five years ago. I have a background as a management consultant within uh, supply chain primarily. Uh, and then I also have a background from uh, the online industry working as a business development manager for eBay a couple of years. Yeah, started the company actually with the passion of trying to combine like uh, a novel supply chain setup uh, with the online industry. And that's, uh, that's been my passion. And that's what's kind of driven the idea behind Son of a Tailor. In addition to try to make, go into the blue ocean of making made-to-measure t-shirts, which uh, no one else had done before. Yeah, and, uh, and can you tell us a little bit about like, the state of the company in terms of like employees, where do you send, uh, how much time it takes to make a t-shirt? What's like the average price? When I, when I um, Googled your company, I found an, um, um, not an interview, but an, uh, a customer review on uh, welt.de. Uh, German yeah. news magazine, yeah, and uh, he's really he was a really convinced uh, journalist called Jan Dams. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good is a tailor-made T-shirt for fifty-six euro. Uh, from yeah, Internet. yeah, yeah, exactly. I I do uh, remember that review. Uh, so uh, we are um, we are, as I said, we're four or five years into our journey. Last last year we made hundred uh, hundred thousand pieces. So um, we are fifteen employees in Copenhagen. Uh, we about 30 teams, uh, 30 dedicated uh, seamstresses at our at our supplier, our partner suppliers in Portugal. We we ship, uh, as you say, we our a single T-shirt starts from 56 euros. We give give good get discounts when you put more in your baskets, and then um, and then the average lead time from your order to you get it uh, to your door is uh, 11 days at the moment. And is it, is it focused on T-shirts or is there like more behind like suits and all the other stuff you could expect from a tailor-made company? Yeah, so we were very set on uh, making, on, on fixing uh, the T-shirt uh, in the beginning. So for the first three, four years, we actually only made T-shirts. It's uh, still by far what we sell the most of. Uh, last year, we, ended, we, had en we entered into polos. We had entered into uh, sweatshirts. Um, and this year, and also different fabrics and blends and so, and this year we're going into even more categories. So now we feel we, are, we know the t-shirt and we know the product good enough that we can go into uh, new categories. And, and, and how did you come up with the idea that because like I understand it was like suits or uh, like business shirts, um, yeah. shirts as a tailor-made product is probably not the first coming to your mind when uh, thinking about tailor-made stuff and, you, and often like people are using t-shirts in environments or in kind of a manner where they just use it for 
couple of weeks and then throw it away uh, to buy the next uh, five euro shirt. So what's different with your product or what, what was your view on the market here? Yeah, so I also started uh, buying made-to-measure online uh, shirts, actually, uh, when I was a consultant. And um, I think the, the product was just, it was just working great. Uh, it was better quality, it was to my measures, and it was, it was at a cheaper and better quality than what I could buy a Hugo Boss shirt for. Um, so, so this was really, um, this was really something. Uh, I felt... Actually, the problem with finding well-fitted T-shirts was even more dominant because with the T-shirts, um, you are kind of more naked. Uh, it's closer to your body and it's more revealing. Um, so to make a T-shirt look good just as a piece of outerwear, uh, it's actually harder. That, that was my conclusion. Um, I tested this with a lot of men. I even sent my, the, the first money I spent in my company was actually sending out a survey. Uh, to 300 Danish men to ask them um, uh, when you go to a fitting room with a t-shirt how often do you not buy it because, due to the fit and 30% they said very often another 30% say uh, now and then uh, and then 30 to 40% said that's not a problem and that was when I said okay this is this is 30% who says very often that's that's enough market for me combined with the very the deep interest I have in how I could see the fashion supply chain had to change with e-commerce coming. Um, that that was really interesting to to start looking into. Okay, and uh, and how many measures do you need to take for uh, a fitted T-shirt? So when I, I I'm ordering like tailored um, business shirts online, and I think there's like 15 measures, uh, 15 KPIs. I want to know uh, uh, to to do the to do like a, a, a proper fit. So how, yeah. how many how many measures yeah. I do I need for T-shirts? So when we started the model, uh, we asked people to take their own measures with a measuring tape. And back then they had to uh, take measurements on uh, seven dimensions. Uh, that you can still do today. But what we invented two years ago was what we call our ideal size algorithm. Because we found that a lot of people, they had issues getting out of the couch, finding a measuring tape, finding a girlfriend to measure them, and then finally get it done. So the conversion rates were awful uh, with that model. But we started to have a lot of data on our customers and we went out in the market to buy even more data on torso measurements and found that there was a lot of correlation and that we could actually build an algorithm around just asking. We tested a, we tested a lot of questions, but at the end of the day, we, we, we ended up asking about the height, their weight, their age, and a little bit surprising, their shoe size. And that ideal size algorithm actually provides better fitting results than when people, they take the measurements themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. And, 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 and to how many different sizes do, does this lead? So, and you know, from like when you're shopping from a, from a store, it's like um, SML, XL. So maybe yeah. six, seven different sizes. So how, how many really different sizes do, do you offer? Or is really every t-shirt uh, individually? Yeah, what surprises a lot of people, uh, especially within the industry, is that every t-shirt is unique. Uh, we do also generate, uh, we build IT on top of that to eventually also generate the patterns. Uh, and uh, we do make a new pattern for each new customer. Um, we then send it to the, um, to the laser cutting machine in Portugal directly. Uh, and, and then it gets cut out and then it gets to the sewing line. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So uh, what, I, what surprised me is that you, um, well, you obviously build a great product and I really love the personalized aspect of it. 
and uh, the way you work with your algorithm to use data uh, to benefit yeah, the ideal size of a shirt. What struck me was that you uh, offer free shipping. Um, mm-hmm. And not only in Europe, but I saw that you launched in the US recently. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was, that's the fun thing. And I think like you, when you're a Danish brand who is starting in a niche, uh, you need to think uh, a little bit different because uh, the, the, the home market is just too small. Um, so uh, I went out and said, okay, let's try out to do free shipping around the world and then let's see what happens. Um, and what ended up happening was actually that um, customers came from all over the world, uh, mostly the closer markets, Germany, Denmark, UK. Uh, yeah. but, but they, in fact, they did come from around the world. And then we could actually see, okay, we can actually make a little bit of profit nowhere, no, no matter where we send it. Okay, there's a few customers we lose money on, but then it comes down to actually where do we want, what customer acquisition cost do we want in each market? And then we optimize towards that. And then the other fun thing that happens, and I, I, I talk a lot to startup brands with this, is that when you start doing worldwide shipping, worldwide free shipping, you, you, you make a lot of discoveries on how VAT customs work in each market. Whereas if you need to go in as a big player starting all these things up, it's actually hard to do all the things because you need to, you need to comply to a lot of more regulations when you are a big company than when you are a small company. So this was, okay. I think this is, this was quite a hack. Yeah. Wow. That's a, it's a, it's a interesting move and a curious uh, to learn more about your margins then. Um, you, yeah. you talked about acquisition costs. Um, what's your sales and marketing strategy? How do you acquire new customers? How do you do your brand building? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think like it's fair to say, uh, Son of Taylor, in the first couple of years, we definitely went through our struggles. Um, this is not this is not an easy c- category to kind of uh, market yourself within because they are big players. So uh, Google uh, Google is SEM is uh, is definitely uh, not really a thing for us. Uh, okay, um, how come? It's because, um, so I guess we can go two ways. We can try to, uh, so tailor-made a custom-fitted t-shirts, that's too small a search word to really drive sales. Um, then you have uh, t-shirts, but the big players that's like Zalando and Asus and so, they, they are way better than we are uh, in optimizing towards that. Uh, and they probably always will be. Then there are, then there are uh, custom t-shirts. Uh, but the problem is that the, 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 the companies like Spreadshirts, Spreadshirt, who's making phot- photography on shirts and stuff like that, they, uh, which uh, they do at a much lower price and a much lower quality than we do, they are sitting on that search web market. So we are kind of like, we feel a little bit that we're bordered in uh, by other companies. So, so it's hard to really do a lot of SEM. Maybe we're not the expert, but it's never really worked uh, on our side. So... We, uh, we ended up focusing on different stuff. And then what has worked is uh, um, we have uh, worked a lot on PR, uh, both on uh, earned PR and on paid PR. Uh, that's really a good channel for us. And um, then social... Also in direct traffic? Or do you see the brand building helping out on, for example, organic search results in Google? Yeah, both. Um, so I think uh, organic search, it helps on that, but, but more so in a direct traffic and, okay. and the whole f- and everything it provides for the brand. Okay. Um, and then there's and socials. Yeah. Yeah. Social definitely. Uh, 
it's our biggest spending channel. Uh, so uh, Facebook, Instagram um, is, is working well for us. Like a lot of our other sister companies who's in, in fashion startup, I think that's, it's an obvious challenge to go at when you're small because you can direct your market spend, marketing spend uh, so well uh, towards a very niche market. Uh, I think uh, nobody does that better than, than Facebook. Can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit more? I'm, I'm just uh, at, uh, trying to buy a shirt. Uh, and I, I just learned that you have a long sleeve t-shirt. That's pretty cool because I'm always wearing t-shirts. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and of course, I like business shirts, but like, I don't have like anything uh, in between. Mm -hmm. So and the long sleeve t-shirt uh, seems to solve a lot of uh, problems for me. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit more about your, uh, your, um, your funnel uh, logic? Though um, you said like on you get most of the customers that like for a good price on organic, uh, on an organic level, um, SEO, PR, Instagram. So let's assume Wimlex is also kind of a PR uh, mm -hmm. channel here. Um, um, so yeah. if you're not getting, getting a customer for free, how mm -hmm. much do you have to pay for customer on, on, uh, on SEM? So that would be very interesting to learn. Uh, and now I've just put, uh, uh, um, um, and that's, uh, that's how, but now we can discuss real numbers. Just put mm -hmm. uh, a sh long sleeve t-shirt uh, in the basket, <laughs> your 61 euros uh, mm -hmm. after discount, I think. And uh, um, a short sleeve t-shirt, which costs uh, 49 euros. And there's an already discount uh, here on the website. I don't know why. 12.5% uh, because I ordered yeah. like two things. Two, I two items. Yeah. Yeah, two items. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the question for me would be, so I, 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 so of course, you didn't acquire me through uh, performance mm -hmm. marketing channels. So mm -hmm. I am hopefully a profitable customer right now. Mm -hmm. And what are the chances, uh, if you're looking on your database, that I'm coming back within like the next six months? Yeah. So um, I check out. I check out here. I really buy it. So uh, uh, maybe you can uh, send me over a, a small discount code. Here. So I get, already I, I, get free, I get free PR and and an order. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Fantastic. Uh, now I need to share that share a little. Then I guess so. Um, the custom lifetime value is a huge thing for us. Uh, so um, and I think like um, truth is that acquiring customers are not easy because we have a more complicated purchasing flow, but that benefits us in the end um, because we then lock down people's measurements and the reordering becomes really nice and swift. Um, so we have, currently we have 50% of our customers, they come back um, within 18 months. And after 18 months, we say they're lost. Um, we have, but more importantly, half of the 50%, so 25%, they are coming back within uh, for the second order within uh, already uh, four months. So uh, so that drives a lot of, of interesting unit in economics for us, and and is is, is something that that we are betting on. So um, we are not actually we are, we are, we are just we have chosen now just not to go break even on the first order on the first average order. So um, so uh, so we but we already go break even on in lifetime uh, month uh, number one two ish okay that's okay. cool and, and how do you do your um uh, recurring sales is there like a um uh, an email marketing strategy or a loyalty program that people can apply to yeah so we have we have an email strategy and uh so i think uh 
we have we have we have drip flows uh, that are targeted toward this. We are trying to we are probably beginning soon to test for customers who we think are getting we are we are about to lose. Uh, so also test a credit uh, scheme and uh, and then uh, so so that's a few of the things that we are we are doing. We are definitely also pushing hard on retargeting uh, to get customers yep. back. Um, on Facebook, I've, and, I, and I've, se- I've seen that when I've prepared for. Uh, for yeah, yeah. I think like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people are saying that to me that we are pretty aggressive on retargeting, um, but it's because it works for us. We probably need to get a lot better in kind of not making people fatigued with our ads, so changing them uh, and and doing a little bit more innovative stuff there. Um, but that is one of the to dos. But currently, it's. Um, uh, Willem, in regards to uh, in, in in regards to uh, getting people back, I don't feel we are that advanced. We can do a lot more, uh, and that is something that we are working hard on. Actually, getting that 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 win back rate even even higher, despite the fact that I feel oh. it's pretty good already. Yeah, just uh, from like an order perspective, everything worked pretty fine. So uh, uh, um, I, you have already new order in your system now. Uh, it uh, um, it was a very lean uh, process. Mm-hmm. I, I read, I'm I'm really surprised uh, if this really works. So I'm um, I'm I'm looking forward for the delivery if it really works because uh, um, especially mm-hmm. on the long shirt size, mm-hmm. I've extremely long uh, um, arms and very very wide shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. And usually it doesn't work, but um, yeah. I've learned also in the checkout process that you have like a, a fitting guarantee. So yes, yes, <laughs> you yes. send us a new one. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do so, that. So we actually, as you, as you have saved now the um, performance marketing costs, uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a fair deal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay. so a question um, from my side. Um, I, I was talking to our uh, managing director in Denmark, uh, Lasse. Yeah. And Lasse is actually a huge fan of uh, Son of a Taylor. He's, uh, he's a client as well. Um, and uh, what he told me that there's quite a lot of traction in the Danish market from fashion startups. He, he mentioned companies like Shaping New Tomorrow and yeah. LabFresh, uh, for yeah. example. Yeah. How, how come Copenhagen is such a breeding ground for, for uh, yeah, fashion companies? Um, it's a good question, actually, because I, I, normally, uh, I normally think like, Denmark has been pretty slow at getting good online B2C companies, uh, which is funny because we have like, we have historically, we have had been doing a lot in this Danish design world. I mean, big brands like Lego, Carlsberg, which are big, big uh, B2C companies, a lot of architecture coming up. So we should actually have a brand position that we would do more online, but we have been pretty slow at that. So we'd have, we have, we have no Salando, we have no Aces, we have no big, big companies who have showed the way, but they seem to be coming now. And that's, that's great. I think like the Danish consumers, they are pretty, they're pretty advanced and pretty, fir- I mean, the e-commerce uh, culture in Denmark, Denmark is going well. People, they are willing to look into tech first products. Uh, like we have seen for years in the US where there's also digital native brands coming, especially out of New York. Um, that trend seems to be coming well to, to Denmark, at least. Uh, I think the Shark Tank has actually also helped brands like Organic Basics and Shaping New Tomorrow. Um, so so, so a, few, a few very good things are happening and, and, and the Danish consumer just seem to be ready to try on uh, digital native brands. 
Okay, cool. And is there like a, a startup community between founders? Uh, is there, uh, do, do you have like a network or incubators in, in Copenhagen? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fun, fun fact here. So, so the other company you just made, mentioned, Shaping New Tomorrow. So we were looking at a retail space actually to go offline. And they just took that uh, retail space the day before that we, uh, we were ab about to kind of sign the contract. So, uh, so there's, there's also a little bit of work. So there's, a, yeah. there's a rivalry. Yeah, no, we are actually helping each other. So the, the two other t-shirt brands, uh, Labfresh, which are partly Dutch, partly Danish, I guess, probably a little bit more Dutch. And, um, and, then, uh, and then Organic Basics, we are actually speaking together on a regular basis, uh, even though we're competing, but we're competing on such a big market, so it doesn't, it shouldn't matter. Mm. And and, and um, if you're uh, looking to your like production um, infrastructure, you've mentioned that you're doing all the stuff in uh, Portugal mm -hmm. um, from other tailor-made services. I've learned they're uh, rather uh, leaning to the Asian market because it's so much cheaper, uh, yeah. depending a little bit on the product. But usually yeah. they're uh, they're going into that into that market. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's like you, Europe as like a production place. Uh, might be Portugal, might be even uh, Denmark. Is it still competitive or? Uh, in order to decrease the average um, uh, basket size, would basket yeah. size would you need to go uh, to no. the Asian market to produce your stuff? No, I don't think so. I think like Portugal at the moment is very very competitive, uh, both price and quality and distance. Uh, and I, I've actually checked out the Vietnamese and Chinese market just to compare prices. Uh, and um, and and I don't think, at least not for T-shirts, we would go there. It might be that we would, I mean, if we were doing suits and shirts and formal wear and woven wears, uh, they're quite specialists out there. Uh, and, and that might be a reason to go. Another reason to look towards these countries is like manufacturing wise uh, and adopting new technologies. They are more advanced than the typical uh, Portuguese uh, or Polish manufacturer um, uh, or Turkish manufacturer, which is some of the key hubs in Europe. Um, so, so in terms of adopting technologies, the Dane, uh, sorry, the European manufacturing has been really, really slow, and they are they are living. They are they. I would say they're many of them. They are living in a past world. And and when I'm looking into your ordering process, I think uh, you mentioned on the website when I just ordered my products, it takes uh, 14 to 21 days for delivery. Yeah. So one of the um, uh, uh, when we're looking at retail e-commerce businesses, uh, not like yeah. manufacturing business like yours, but like usual retail businesses, it's all about like the, um, uh, the amount of products you have on a website, uh, mm -hmm. the price compared to the market price should be, mm -hmm. um, uh, um, should be the lowest. And mm -hmm. what's very important these days is delivery time. So if the product mm -hmm. is not here like tomorrow, I just, I, I could even go, uh, in a brick and mortar store, so, so to say. So it's, uh, because it's, you do like a make to order. Uh, uh, um, business that's a little different in your case but um, if, when I'm looking on your business I would say okay if, if there's a chance to um, decrease delivery times to like a week or so uh, that probably would uh, um, increase your uh, conversion rate and will, uh, will be yeah. very helpful to thrive the business yeah. have you looked yeah. at that? So, 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 so I think two things uh, I think you're right and you're wrong so first why you're right I think um, I, I definitely, I, I do agree that, that lowering uh, production time and all, and all this, that would definitely benefit us. And I also think the promise, we are soon to take it down to maximum 14 days uh, because our average is actually, had, and has been for a while, 10 to, 10 to 11 days. 
Um, and we believe that within 2019, we should come, uh, we, we should promise uh, lower than 10 days. Uh, so this is definitely something that, that we are working on and we are, we are excited to see what the results of that would be. I would say though, that what I feel that you're speaking about is the big e-commerce players. I think the world for digital native vertical brands is different. Uh, I think when you come with a different value proposition as we do, um, people, they are willing to accept compromises and they, I've even heard customers say, if you can, if you end up delivering within five, six days, which happens now and then, I, I don't trust it's tailor-made because that seems too fast. Uh, so, so I think like, I, I, think you, I think you also need to look at digital native brands uh, in a different way than, than, than classic e-commerce players uh, who are buying their brands uh, from the outside. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. So uh, um, I also agree with the customer um, who's saying that it's maybe too fast. But if there's like, let's say, five other uh, competitors uh, in the market uh, able to deliver tailor-made yeah. experiences yeah. within like five days, this just the bar sure. there increases, the expectation sure. level increases. Uh, and that's like, I, I'd rather be the company uh, <laughs> increasing the expectation level myself. So, yes. uh, and that, yes. that, drives, that drives my competition yes. nuts. Because I think they're the, there's actually the, the big magic in the business. Uh, that's something competitors can't, uh, can't yes. beat. They, it, it's easy for them to introduce yes. like a new, uh, a new product or a new yeah. color because yeah. uh, it's already there. But increasing yeah. the service level, it's super hard to yeah. um, attack and to answer on. Um, yeah, that's what I, I agree. I, I, I basically agree with that. And that's also why we're working hard on it. A good, a good e-commerce friend of mine, he's saying that uh, he has this, he has this saying that operations is marketing. Uh, and, and I believe that's true uh, for a lot of things. So for instance, lowering your delivery time, having the right selection, never being sold out. Uh, that, that is, that, that definitely works. Yeah, could be a good title for the Wimlex episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Son of a <laughs> tailor, uh, operations is... Uh, operations. You, you'll be proud. <laughs> Marketing. So, and, have, and, and, and when, when you're looking at the uh, cohort of customers, you've lost it just all at once, uh, um, or, or maybe even twice, but then never, never came back. Um, I, I, I guess you've made like uh, um, surveys even with this like customer group. So what are the reasons that customers then tend to go back to the standard brick and mortar store and say, okay, the 20 euro t-shirt is good enough for me. Yeah. I think, I think uh, for those who do respond, uh, there's, uh, there's two issues. There's, uh, there is some who had fit issues and who doesn't bother with uh, the perfect fit guarantee. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think the, the customers that we are targeting here, they, they have their pretty high spending level and, uh, going down to the post office and bother with these kind of things they're too busy with. Um, uh, the other one, uh, I think, uh, is that they said it's a little bit price need kind of thing. So they tested it out, uh, uh, but they do think it's, it's kind of a little bit expensive. Um, and then the third category where we don't really, and I think that's most of many of them, they're not responding to the survey. They get distracted. And then when they, walk on the main street and they see this uh, three for two uh, uh, Ralph Lauren offer, uh, they just buy it uh, and they forget about some retailers. So they are, they are very, they, 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 they are very impulse driven in the t-shirt purchase. 
which actually leads to the next very interesting question of like omni-channel strategies. And you've just talked before uh, uh, about renting out um, and, yeah. um, and uh, retail space. Uh, when we yeah. are seeing multi-channel um, multi-channel strategies at uh, former pure players, uh, the learning is here that they usually get pretty much distracted because it's so much work on a new channel, so different in customer um, um, satisfaction. Um, and they're all coming like from the branding perspective. So it will drive like the... Uh, it will drive the loyalty rates um, throughout um, through the customer base. Uh, it will help to acquire new customers that are too hard to reach online uh, or, or or through social media channels. Uh, let's go in the uh, main shopping street in Copenhagen or I don't know Aarhus or so, uh, and um, uh, and create a, a store experience. Um, um, the mo most companies in Germany I uh, um, I know of that tried this even the bigger ones kind of failed when they're looking oh, really? back into the yeah in the in the in the so in the per store cohort not because mm -hmm. the um general omni-channel uh strategy didn't work so there are customers of course you win offline and then you can convert on on online and there is even a higher uh a higher uh, uh probability of customers uh around the store buying online but it's but it's so expensive and so distractful Uh, um, just to operate stores uh, in an era where footfall in inner cities is decreasing. Um, uh, most of them are now pulling back on this kind of strategy. Uh, uh, maybe I'm giving you a head start here. I'm not, I don't know how far you are into into the thinking, but uh, yeah. I'd like we to have understand. A studio, right? um, uh, in, in yeah, we have a studio in Copenhagen and, and, and we actually did test a few pop-ups uh, last year. So both in Copenhagen, Hamburg and Zurich. Um, Uh, for for uh, for one or two months uh, each place, um, and uh, our experience was that it actually worked quite well. Uh, I think um, uh, we do get a lot of people down to see and feel the fabric, and we have superior fabric, so that's a good thing. And and secondly, um, uh, they also get down there to get measured because it um, they just trust that better, uh, which is fine. Um, getting measured by a professional uh, that that's that's also hard to beat um so so uh so so i think we have a real value proposition then the second thing that we feel it also drives online traffic and online trust that we have shops and it's kind of like yeah it's i, I think it's just um what we're looking into now is going a little bit outside our pr mark pr facebook uh kind of marketing strategy and becoming more multi-channel and i see uh, having a shop as a part of your online multi-channel city strategy um uh, also because you can what you can use it for and what i think some of the players that you might mention uh, alex are not being doing well enough is using it for events so attracting influences uh when we have been doing our events at the pop-ups i mean the turn up and The type of people that has turned up has been really, really cool, and it's it's been driving a lot of good content. Uh, yeah, but I, so, I, I I believe I believe uh, this view when uh, so, on the pop up level, uh, yeah. but operating stores is like a totally different, uh, um, a totally different thing. Um, but if you yeah. like, 
Um, yeah, so I, 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 there's some uh, other tailor-made services or some pure play services that are doing like pop-ups on uh, airports. It's probably the most expensive place to make pop-ups, but you're getting, uh, <laughs> I'm going to an airport meeting today, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, but for a pop-up or just for a meeting? For a pop-up. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, it, it, but it, it, it could make sense because there's like um, high-value high, um, um, high customers. There's probably your target group and uh, yeah. you can grab some addresses and uh, doing it right and not looking like um, usually at airports you're finding these uh, small stands where they try to uh, sell you uh, credit cards yeah. that's like the uh, that's like the uh, uh, that's like the airport scam if you make it look a little bit more uh, convenient uh, for experienced uh, airport yeah. customers uh, yeah. it totally worked it even would yeah. it, uh, I, um, have having the chance to touch the fabric and I'm having the chance yeah. to uh, get some um, get some um, examples uh, yeah. of the tailor size versus like a standard XXL or XL yeah. or L size yeah. Yeah. that yeah. would be would be very helpful. So, but but you're going in. Uh, uh, so you're still thinking 2019 over uh, about pop-ups or like really open um, some stores. Yeah, so we're opening a store combined with our office here in Copenhagen. So uh, okay, which, that's fine. I wouldn't count that in. So that's fine. No, no. So so that's a permanent one. Uh, we're also doing a pop up in Copenhagen, and we're looking to do a pop up actually in Munich for a couple of months in uh, starting in May or June. So that's that's what we're trying now in 2019, and then because we felt like the pop ups that we did in uh, in 18, they were a little bit too short, uh, actually to drive enough kind of like awareness and. And, and to try and to do uh, enough like different events there. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's a little bit what we are playing around with uh, this year. And um, yeah, to be honest, I mean, we don't know. We are, we are, we are testing out stuff uh, to, to, to see what works. And uh, hopefully uh, offline uh, has, has a role in what we do. And we think it's relevant because, I mean, people, they apparently do love getting down and get measured. So, uh, so, uh, so let's see. So, and then I've, uh, I, I don't want to grab all the airtime here. So probably Willem has uh, some other questions, but I'm really, as I'm now a customer, I have like special rights here. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that between you. <laughs> from, from what I've seen on your website, you're uh, purely focused on, uh, on, on men as a customer. And I'm just thinking, I, I know women are very different in terms of, um, in terms of uh, uh, favorite brands and uh, yeah. fabrics and all the stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Is, it like a, is it like an era you could, uh, you could think about? To, to go in for sure uh, that that's i think that's constantly on the radar when to go into women's um we already have women ordering and we have a lot uh, asking they're then ordering to the mail platform um and, and writing a comment about their women uh, and then we, we we actually do that and technology technology wise it's not a problem for us um so i think we have had and still have so many opportunities within our core focus men that we would rather grow that uh, and be really, really good at that uh, within more categories, more markets, etc. before going into women. Also because we think women, they have, and also from the women that we, are, we do interview, they have a much more complicated demand when it comes to t-shirts and clothing in general. They have, they prefer more different, I mean, they have a bigger variety of fits and also a bigger variety of fabrics they like. Um, so serving women, we believe, is, is, is quite a bit different from men. Mm. Okay. 
so if 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 um, let's talk a little bit because we touch upon many areas of your business: uh, sales, operations, uh, the market, um, uh, future uh, growth strategies. Uh, what I'm very curious about is your team and mm-hmm. uh, your culture, people mm-hmm. you employ, and also your leadership style. <laughs> Yeah. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I mean, there, there's a war for talent, especially in e-commerce and digital. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm sure, you 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 yeah you 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 also ha- and you have a strategy background. So I'm curious yeah. to learn about your recruitment and um, yeah. retention strategies when it comes to people. Yeah. So I think like um, I think uh, running a tech fashion supply chain business that's quite a combo uh, and also of people. Uh, so it's a it's quite a diverse skill set of people that you need. Um, so you definitely need to uh, look in different areas. We have 50% of the team is international, so non-Danish. And that is, that is something that we're actually looking actively for. You can say the other thing, how do we find people? I think we are, we are seen as quite a cool brand, I guess, both from a, hopefully from a consumer perspective, but definitely also from an employer perspective. Um, we are we are fashion tech uh that's i guess that's a good thing and then we also sustainable we're transparent about what we do so i think we are driving a lot of tomorrow's agendas and that makes uh, recruiting a lot easier and we actually do get a fair amount of unsolicited applications uh due to that i guess and that is uh, typically some of the best hires that we have we have got that, that's that's a great achievement and and in terms of uh, retention um what's what's your company culture uh how do people behave and and, and how's your leadership style yeah so um i think like we have uh, we have lost uh, very, very few people along the way so we were basically when we start when we got our first investment we were we were five people they are still around uh, all of them so uh and that is that is that's kind of like um how, how it goes. I think my leadership style is that I think I give out a lot of responsibility. I'm uh, definitely not a micromanager. And again, uh, you can't be in a business like this because uh, the areas of ex- expertise are so different, branding, supply chain, and then the more transactional marketing. Uh, and that also means that quite often we actually have uh, debates or even conflicts you can say which i think are healthy in a company like ours uh, to see what direction we should actually take the company and and uh, but we also become we always seem to become friends afterwards but uh, but but that's i think that's that's at least that's a part of our company that we do have quite open debates about what way to go in terms of t- um, timing, we only have like a domestic flight length uh, for podcasts limit here. Uh, uh, and uh, um, the domestic flight inside Denmark is uh, only 20 minutes, but we yeah. uh, 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 just let's say we, we flew to um, Amsterdam. Um, so what is like the next big thing for, uh, for you like in 2019? What do you expect uh, will happen uh, in 2019 that really changes your business or what you're looking forward apart from uh, pop-up? Uh, pop-up experiences uh, at the airport uh, uh, would be nice yeah. to learn about. Yeah, so uh, a few things. So on the branding side, we are coming uh, with a lot of new in- initiatives. So we are making our supply chain super transparent uh, yeah. down to what seamstress makes your uh, T-shirt and when she makes it and on what machines, etc., etc. Uh, and we're also uh, cutting down even further down on our CO2 waste. We'll come with a pullover which we will brand as a zero waste pullover 
that's of course a stretch because no pullover be so, but it will be the least polluting uh, pullover in the industry. Um, on the uh, marketing side, we are trying to broaden our marketing channels, as I said before, uh, and I think uh, that's a challenge. We are focusing uh, on actually doing even more in Copenhagen and probably our second city will be Munich. Um, and then, um, uh, and then, yeah, adding new products, uh, I guess. So that's a, that's a few things. Yeah, very cool. So it's a, I, I'm, um, um, I'm an already convinced buyer. So mm -hmm. if I, uh, uh, maybe, um, I gotta be a very convinced customer also in uh, 14 to 21 days from now. And it's a really, it's a really cool story. I really believe in that. Uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, um, um, Maybe I'm a, a very special customer because of a very special size uh, mm -hmm. uh, requirements. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Also, Willem will uh, probably will try to um, order some of the uh, um, um, some of, some of the shirts. But uh, thank you for your time and very open answers to our um, yeah. to our questions. Uh, whenever you have an idea of coming up with a voucher code, we can add it yeah. in the show notes uh, for the podcast, uh, yeah. so you get yeah. some yeah. some new customers uh, from yeah. Mobilex. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, thank you then and uh, good uh, and yeah maybe I I don't know if you just have two minutes or more yeah, we have we have I, of course I mean you seem to be extremely smart guys so maybe like also a question back to you how do you see this whole trend of digital native uh, vertical brands do you see it as sustainable and how big do you see it becoming so there's like different uh, approaches from my point of view uh, for vertical brands. There's like fashion brands that really uh, had been created through Instagram and through others that are re kind of replaceable. They do have like a, a very short hype cycle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when the story of the um, Instagram influencer isn't that interesting anymore, they have uh, very hard times to um, sustain their, uh, their traffic. And then uh, usually conversion goes down uh, and then the business is, is kind of busted. Mm -hmm. uh, um, though maybe there are some exemptions uh, if you're part of the Kardashian family that might be different. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but uh, your business, I, uh, um, I, I don't look at it like a vertical uh, commerce business. So I see there's like you really solved a problem for a very specific product. Mm -hmm. You're able to retain your customers. So I don't know, good email marketing, WhatsApp marketing, whatever, a local events. Um, you will be able to nurture those customers uh, even more than just selling uh, fit t-shirts. Maybe it's like turning into like a shopping, personal shopping service for some of our customers. So that's going to be like different cohorts. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, um, I wouldn't put you in this vertical brand um, uh, um, box, uh, uh, just another vertical brand. So you, uh, it's going to be much more difficult for you to get customers uh, because it's a very special product, but mm -hmm. your chances to retain those customers are much, much higher. So that's why mm -hmm. I'm, I was asking the question about the cohorts mm -hmm. um, in the beginning. So if I would, uh, uh, would have been an investor in this sector, that's what I'm interested in. So how good mm -hmm. are you in uh, um, getting in touch with your customers, which are usually um, 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 uh, high value individuals, um, I would say. Um, how good are you in uh, in uh, expanding your service over just uh, producing and delivering a T-shirt? So, what are your plans there? Uh, but um, I, there's there's like dozens of chances, uh, and it's a much better and, and you have much more chances than like a brick and mortar tailor, for example, um, selling stuff to uh, to his customers because you can you can add a lot of special 
special services. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like uh, uh, you're on a winning streak for streak for the next ten years with no, the no, same no. business how, model. How maybe broadening a little bit up? How do you see the the horizons or way travels chances of beating Samsonite and Delsey and that and, and these kind of brands? Yeah, though so that's a different. That's a different product. Same here. Uh, uh, they 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 don't have the buying frequency in their uh, industry like you're having, for example. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a, a very very main difference if you have if you're selling products that are only like bought uh, once uh, uh, once every ten years, like the mattress mm -hmm. business. That's that's mm -hmm. why all the mattress uh, uh, brands failed, um, and uh, there were only one or two left. So you're only buying it once. Uh, and uh, uh, and if you're and then you have to add like yeah. products I don't know like cushions for example or matrices yeah. for dogs uh, something yeah. Yeah. nobody wants uh, but that's not your problem you're you're in a really good spot because you're able to attract your customers like five well, six no, times a year on your website yeah. and this that is like the basis for uh, for retention management yes. uh, and for loyalty and or essentially for loyalty management so it's yes. so all this stuff I've learned from the matrix business or uh, uh, just another, just another cool T-shirt or hat or whatever yeah, or yeah, shoes. Yeah. Uh, Instagram yeah. business, you don't have those issues. You have not. You, yeah. Though it's much harder to scale in the beginning, uh, yeah. and it, and it's all about operational excellence. So I, mm -hmm. I really agree with that. So it's really about like uh, driving down production costs, uh, uh, driving down return rates, uh, uh, yeah. getting rid of errors. When you're yeah. good at that, and when you're good in connecting with your uh, with your loyal customer base mm -hmm. it, it, it it's a really cool business from my point yeah. of view yeah. yeah and to add to that i think um i mean you have very val valuable data on your clients i mean mm -hmm. you know the sizes and 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 uh, uh, the custom fit um if you look at at, at then um, business models that are successful i think uh, guys are, uh, <laughs> are are not the biggest uh, 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 high street shoppers. So for me, yeah. uh, as, yeah. as I, I, for sure. I, 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 I would love to, to yeah, to, to um, know that a company has my data and uh, is able to quickly proceed when I need a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look then at business models like 10 socks or dollar uh, shave yeah, 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 you yeah. see that uh, retention and loyalty is really driving their business. So I think right. Right. once you have that sensitive data on somebody's sizes, um, yeah. It's all up to uh, how good are your uh, uh, retention programs and right. loyalty schemes, right. and maybe you can make it even into a subscription fee. Uh, yeah, I, I so so I completely agree with you, and but I, I think uh, and maybe if I think it's it's a very interesting topic this digital also because I'm into it uh, the digital native vertical brands. I mean, there's been a lot of cases coming out of especially New York and the US, and the trend has not really carried on at the same magnitude in Europe. I feel. But there's also like the whole debate about was, is, I mean, the Bonobos, I mean, their exit was not a great exit. They got a lot of funding on the way, the same thing. Even people are even now arguing around Wobby Parker, what's going on. I mean, it's a huge company now, but uh, they also got a ton, ton of funding uh, for for the journey. Um, so so that whole thing about the, the hype that has been about digital native brands and how that is, what which of those brands are actually going to succeed in the future i think that's 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 really really interesting yeah but but to add like another minute here if you're looking into uh -huh. what problem warby park and others are running because of the high cash inbound so you don't yeah. want to have those problems they had exactly. to spend like hundreds of millions just to, no, no. Uh, in, in stuff that never worked out so uh, yeah. i'd rather I be on the that's not your business is 
not not 100% bootstrap, but I'd rather be on a business where you can really work yeah. with a, with a decent customer base on operational yeah. level and uh, yeah. uh, not to force you to open let's say 50 uh, airport pop-ups that's only like yeah. then you can uh, uh, just throw the money in the ocean yeah. uh, and uh, and and the problems those vertical brands are having today because they don't have such a loyalty loyalty uh, um, in their customer base and not enough frequency uh, yeah. in the purchasing yeah. process and yeah. Parker is a perfect example for that that yeah. really 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 creates a lot of problems in uh, in uh, retention right uh, uh, and, and churn rate um, and it, right. and it really it really drives all the millions into the pockets of uh, uh, Google and Facebook and, yeah. and Amazon and, and it's yeah. a good case for Amazon though I, uh, um, I really <laughs> appreciate uh, appreciate that but yeah. uh, I, I for my point of view, you're in a totally different uh, business. Totally. That's different. good to hear. That's good to hear. I'll, I'll bring you along with my investor meetings next time. Yeah, you can do that. We can dial. Maybe you can record it and we can make yeah, yeah. a special Rumlex episode. That's good. That's yeah. good. Any other um, question? Any other question left before I uh, uh, before I need to repeat uh, my my uh, goodbye? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. That's good. That's good. That's thanks, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for the order. For the PR, and uh, I, uh, I hope, uh, I hope that the podcast turns out good. Yeah, hope so. You, any question from your side, Willem? This was excellent. Really appreciate it, Jeff. Jess. Okay. And, uh, really cool. Yeah, really cool. Thanks so much. Yeah. Have a good and time and uh, uh, good yeah. day. In, uh, yeah. Let me know if you're in Copenhagen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye.